As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like, like you, Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well respected. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to Warriors Plus Minus. We are back like Steph Curry and his tailbone. <laughs> Obviously, Steph Curry is Mr. All-World and he means everything. But somebody explained to me how Steph comes back and they can get stops. Steph comes back and suddenly Steve is calling pick and rolls with James Wiseman. How does Steph Curry infuse everything? Like he said, food tastes better. The birds are singing. <laughs> I feel like some of the stuff they could have been doing while Steph was out, but maybe they couldn't while Steph is back. Steph is back. Suddenly Draymond can shoot. Like, I don't understand it. Explain it to me. I don't understand the Draymond shooting thing, but him returning when he did, which was earlier than they had ruled him out, by the way, they had ruled him out of that game previously. I mean, clearly rushed back, which is rare in this Steph Curry world. And I think him doing that, him showing up doing a full practice Sunday where clearly him and Wiseman were working on pick and roll. Like they're just, again, urgency was the word around the team. Like I know it was like Steph obviously just makes you better, but I think him coming back the situation that the season was in and the moment just created, you know, just a more urgent team. And we've all watched the NBA for years. Like, that's a team ready for a response, right? You know, in those moments where you know they have to play like that, usually teams do. Yeah, and Chicago gave them stuff offensively. So I think one thing we've seen with this team over the years is when they're going well offensively, they turn it up on the other side. They just they feel better about themselves. They feel better about the defense. Vucevic was. I mean, it took them a minute. They were getting torched. No question. I mean, you know, it depends. I mean, but it wasn't bad defense, though. No, I mean, you know, hey, Chicago's got some talented offensive players. You know, they get Vucevic in the pick and roll. That's somebody that they can play pick and roll with Wiseman, by the way, because he's you know we've seen that kind of center get burned when the Warriors put him in pick and roll in their great years and their decent years, and I think that just kind of unlocked Wiseman. And as Slater has said, he's he wrote it today or wrote it last night. 
Wiseman gets a couple early buckets, the game changes for him. It's just like, you know, he doesn't have his head down. He feels like he's purposeful. He doesn't feel like he's got to, you know, block every single shot, although he did block four. It's just things get into place for him when he gets a couple early buckets. And Steph made sure of that. Vucevic did not help. And I think when Wiseman is playing okay, it's just kind of, obviously Steph um, is the one who sets it up for everybody. But that's the big difference for this team right now. If you get anything out of Wiseman and Wiggins, those two, that spells a much different Warrior result. The defense last night, obviously, I mean, we could talk about the, the block shots, but he's just more alert. I mean, Tim mentioned he's not, you know, hanging his head. By the way, he turns 20 tomorrow. I'm kind of writing about it. But this feels, these next couple months, starting with yesterday's game, feel like an important first three months of his 20s. You know, we, he kind of, sh- he's shedding the teenage label, and he needs to We can to no longer to- say he's 19. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we can. We're done with it. One more day. One more day left of that. I mean, I know it's like irrelevant, like he's only a day older, but it does feel a little symbolic at this moment for him because like he needs to show growth and it doesn't need to be, you know, he doesn't need to turn into prime James Wiseman suddenly, but incremental growth needs to be shown where he's more playable. And, you know, that it falls on the coaching staff to better optimize and we can get into some of the actions they used him in last night. But also they have big decisions to make this summer. Do they need to get a veteran center to play, uh, you know, a lot of minutes or do you can he get it to the point they can go into the summer going, you know what, James Wiseman, 20, 25 minutes a night for sure. You know, he, he's advanced to a level that they can feel comfortable with that. Or, you know, we could talk bigger picture potential trades and all that. It's just, to me, these next two, three months are just so crucial to see where he gets to by the time, whatever, the play-in game's done, the first round if they can get in, and to see him in those environments and how he grows. What was interesting to me was how, like, he looked good with Steph, and throughout most of the year, that kind of wasn't the case. Ethan, what did you see with him and Steph together that made the difference? Uh, that was an underhand pitch for you to get out of the park. <laughs> well, I mean, Steph was looking for him on that pick and roll, for one thing. and we On that already, what? What was it? Uh, I think it's his, it's his play. Uh, it's his new play <laughs> the Warriors are running. One ah. guy sort of tries to get in front of the defender, kind of almost screen him. I think you could invented say. Invented by James Harden. Invented by James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> never been seen before in the league. I'll tell you one observation I had in addition to Steph making those passes to Wiseman. When they scout players, uh, sometimes, I remember Sammy Gelfan would always talk about this. I'd always ask him, is this guy a kickout guy in pick and roll? Or is he a uh, you know, bounce pocket pass guy in pick and roll? Because a lot of guys, they're you know all kickout or they're all the other way. Wiggins is all kickout as far as what I can see. And think of how often Wiggins passes the ball to Wiseman. I mean, until this game, it's practically never. And it seemed like for the first time, he actually was looking for Wiseman. He was actually passing to him. I don't know why it took so many games, but not only was it Steph looking for Wiseman on pick and roll, it was also Wiggins where that just has not been the tendency. And I think that could be a really positive development. Oubre has not yet found uh, no. that. Uh, no. Well, that's for anybody. Don't know. Oubre doesn't <laughs> no pass out. Idiot. No yeah, kick Oubre. out, no kick in. <laughs> if Oubre is dribbling to the basket, that ball's going up. It doesn't matter if there's an 11-foot guy in front of him. The closest thing he does to an assist is following his own miss, it would seem. 
But I got to say, I mentioned this with Slater. I was like, you know, I don't think, we, you know, where, where he's going through the Wiseman, who, who's assisted him. And I was like, I don't think, I can't remember a Wiggins one. He'd said there was 14 at that point. So it was more than I thought. But I don't think there's any question that, that the Wiggins-Wiseman connection has not happened. They play a lot of minutes together. And if you just kind of have two guys who are not connected, especially with a center who needs connections, who's not going to go one-on-one most times, you need everybody looking for him. And if you already take Ubre off the table of someone who's not going to pass it to him because he's not passing it to anybody, then you really start reducing what Wiseman can do. If you have Wiggins getting in the lane and looking for, for Wiseman, that's a huge thing to open up the Warriors office. Just huge. And he did it like in this one quarter. He threw it to him twice. It was it was very. I have to note that since I said I don't think he ever passes it to him. He even tried like an ambitious one that didn't even connect. He like kind of threw it over Wiseman's head, but it was like man, he's like really searching for it today. <laughs> Maybe they just said in practice. You know what we're gonna do, everybody? We're going to look for James Wiseman. That is what we're doing. Should we have an Andrew Wiggins segment because he's thirty of fifty four from three since the All Star break? He was the primary Zach Levine defender last night, and what did Levine go like four of sixteen or something shooting Wiggins Island? Um, you know, again, we don't need to discuss Wiggins Island is a thing. Are we doing this? Wiggins Wiggins Island, Island, let's go. Wiggins Island. We don't need to discuss where Andrew Wiggins' career is going because I think we're all on the record understanding that, like, you know, we kind of believe he is what he is. But this is a good Andrew Wiggins stretch. This is. Here's a question for you, Slater. Is it good that they have two of these guys? Ubre seems to be this guy, too, where it's, you know, it's hot or cold. They were stunningly pretty good together last night, which is right. Uh, it was unbelievable, right? Uh, very inside out, right? Like where Ubre was just determined to get to the rim and Wiggins had his three-point shot going. Is this going to be okay? Is this good if these two, this is just how they are? One month, great. Next month, awful. And never find that kind of middle. I have a bit of a take, and I could be wrong, obviously. I don't think Ubre fits on this team. I just don't. I've seen a few months. Even though last night he was playing well, it's too many mouths to feed. And especially if you need to get Wiseman going. I'm just looking at I'm looking at these clips of Wiseman and he did get a rebound off an Ubre miss, but it's comical. It's just comical where Ubre goes at two Chicago Bulls and Wiseman's wide open and just bullheaded, no pun intended, just going for it and, and Wiseman gets the miss. But a lot of those situations, it just seems that Yes, Ubre does things for them. Yes, he provides defense that is good. Yes, he gets rebounds. Yes, he gives effort. But just the amount of tunnel vision, and you combine it with a roster that has a lot of guys who aren't especially distributive, and they're going to be bringing back Clay, and they've got this decision in front of them, and they didn't trade him. And I just look at Ubre and I go, I don't think this really works. Kelly Oubre thinks he's going to be an all-star. He might be right. You know, I don't want to tell anyone what they can't do in the league, but I think, you know, you're saying Kelly Oubre might not fit on this team. Kelly Oubre kind of said that the other day, you know, yes. like, as, as we look at the long term. And it's fine, but again, he's kind of out for his. He's only 25. He does have skill. I can, I can see being Kelly Oubre and having that athletic skill set and some of the ability he has on both ends and believing like this warrior situation. He came in. I mean, Marcus, you were on the introductory press conference. He views this as like a trampoline towards stardom, essentially, you know, whereas long term, the Warriors need him to be more of like a bit player, potentially take a bench roll, 25 minutes a night, keep the offense moving, help them defensively. Some nights you're going to score eight points, but if you just grind on the defensive end, you had a great night to help a team win. Do we think that's where Kelly Oubre thinks next season's going? 
Bob said that he liked that Ubre had that attitude. If I'm Ubre's agent, I like that Ubre has that attitude. I, if I'm the GM of the Warriors, I don't know if I like that he has that attitude. I think that's good for this team. I think it's good for this team. I think he's the only guy on this team who will say, I'm getting to the rim. And they desperately need that. It's something they didn't have. Where I mean, Steph can do it. But, you know, Steph will buy into the offense, too. Like, it takes a lot to get him to the point where he's like, screw everybody. I'm going for it. Now, I think the amount of times, I think that's where it gets a little dicey. But even like last night, I thought it was helpful to have a guy who's saying, I'm going to make it happen and not rely on the back cuts and the screens and all that stuff. To me, that's that's an invaluable skill I think they need. It's the dosage, right? It's They don't need it at the expense of someone else, but they will need it. Absolutely, they will need it unless... Here's the way the way I think they can get it if they don't have Ubre is if Jordan Poole is that guy. That's where. But you just got to have a guy who gets to the cup, and that's got to be his mindset. And yeah, it's going to be a little bit selfish, but everybody can't do the 17 passes before a layup. Somebody's got to be a gangster. I think Poole could be better for them offensively than Ubre. The problem is Ubre does is better for them defensively. I mean, Poole. Pools just doesn't have the physical capabilities that Kelly Oubre does. Most wings don't. Kelly Oubre has like a 7-2 wingspan. But Marcus, I mean, what you're talking about is like Kelly Oubre helping this season. And don't get me wrong. I think they're better this season for not trading Kelly Oubre for, for draft capital and like an expiring or something like that. But long term, where are you at on Oubre, Marcus? Because that part is becoming plainly obvious that it's just... The franchise agenda and the player agenda agenda don't necessarily seem to line up. And I don't blame either side. I understand the Warriors saying, you know, can you kind of play a, a Livingston Iguodala role? And I understand Ubre going, no, I'm 26. I'm a wing. I think I can play like a second, third fiddle on a team somewhere. I actually like him. I do. I definitely want to see him in the playoff series. It's for a team that's, you know, got an eye on a championship, right? Or if it, if it's not a championship, it kind of don't matter. I feel like that dude would be a problem for the opposing offense in a seven-game series. You give him a game plan. You give him, what, five to seven cracks at a guy. You you know, you just give him a chance to wear on a guy. I feel like that will be greater, a greater benefit to the Warriors than most other negatives would hurt them, right? I, I think that's... That's a a really good benefit to have in the postseason. How do you convince him? Do you have to? <laughs> like, go, all right, go to Washington. <laughs> money is yeah, the money. only help. He's gonna get paid, right? If if they want if they want it, they'll pay him. But he's gonna get paid, and if, if he can't get paid and be a six man and be a dog, right? Like, then yeah, he should probably go somewhere else. But. That would be my enticing offer to him. Like, yeah, no, we kind of want you to be this way. Everybody's unselfish and everybody's passing. And like, at some point you need somebody to say, I'm going to put my head down and get to the rim. And on the other end, I'm going to literally try to take somebody away. And if you just keep running guys out there like that, imagine that you got Clay, you got Wiggins, you got Draymond, and then you're bringing in Ubre. Like for me, that just is very optimal for a playoff series for teams that care so much about defense. So you could be completely right about that, and this is a stat from this season. I'm just I, I'm just sharing it because it just came across my eyes and it is eye popping. Kelly Oubre on the court, the Warriors' offensive rating, 103.2. Kelly Oubre 
Off the court, the Warriors' offensive rating, 117.3. <laughs> I don't want to watch this anymore. That's that's where, that's where I'm at. I don't want to watch it. I don't want the bullheaded drives. It is fine for this season. This season, everybody's in agreement. They need bodies, right? They, they need it. I, I just think when you bring Clay back and you need people to pass the ball, like this, this amount of uh, calling your own number, if he's not going to change, I just don't think will work for them, even with the defensive benefits. Could be wrong, but that's how I see it. I think the practical part is, would they be better with him next season? Probably. You know, it's modified. We don't, you know, it's, it's not the guy. He's not Iguodala. But he likely would want a bigger role, and I don't think I've said this, and, and people haven't liked it. But I don't think it's a big deal if they lost. Now the, the salary slot, yes, I get it. But how f- much over the luxury tax are they going to be? Can you get a guy who can do some of that stuff or do the important stuff, play defense? Again, I got mocked for this, but can Kent Bazemore play more minutes next season? He's going to do dumb stuff. He's going to do good stuff. He was really good last night. If you expand his role and you don't have Ubre, did they lose a ton there? Really? Again, people are going to rip me for this. I don't know that you lose a ton there. And you get a rookie and you get you get a couple other signings. You try to get more wings and they're not going to be, you know, huge wings. They're not going to be elite wings because you just can't afford that. Like I think they're on a good two-way go here. If he comes back at at a, at a number they can afford, understanding he's coming off the bench, he's in that second unit, that's good. Because he can go, to, he can defend guys, and you're you have you're more versatile that way. He he goes to the rim, and if he leaves, that's that money is gone, and I don't think it kills him. I, I, maybe that's a un that's a non hot take way to look at this, but that's how I view Bray. I'm with you on it. I think the main thing they lose is depth, right? Where if somebody goes down, now you don't have Kelly Oubre to fill that slot. Let's say Clay. If Clay can't play, yeah, you know? Clay's probably going to be pretty limited for two months at least three months I mean like you know I don't think any of us think they're a real contender unless he by the end of the season is like at least 80 percent of himself do we think Steph likes playing with uh with Kelly because sometimes the guys are in these situations where they might be traded or something might happen to them you'll hear Steph lobby and use the leverage that he has we're not around the situation so it's a little difficult to see from afar but I'm not exactly getting the sense from afar that Steph is necessarily uh especially when you see these these uh brian windhorse talking about lebron recruiting him to the lakers uh <laughs> i i just haven't really seen him wave the we need kelly flag they shopped him around at the deadline that tells you all you need to know we could talk steph we could talk organization whoever like they clearly weren't ready to commit to kelly Oubre with the way they explored their options with him now that's also something kelly Ubre knows as we talk about well, like why don't you take this role like he's probably looking back and going i remember the deadline like i was out there so i don't know just judging by knowing this team i think they like kelly because i think they like dudes who just get after it i think they love that i know draymond loves it i think it's the you kind of don't know what you're getting you know i think that is more of a problem than the guys who who might be not as good, but they're gonna be there, and you can count on them. I think that type of stuff matters. That's why I think they would favor. I know Draymond likes playing with Kelly Oubre. My guess is Steph would re- like really likes the fact that Oubre is gonna be there. He's gonna fight. It's it might not be pretty, but he's gonna be there, and you can you can like kind of count on that. I do think they appreciate that part of it. Wait a minute, is there another Ford that maybe they can't say that about on the team? 
not trying to say that they don't not lately not lately (laughs) the one who's a better better fit in my opinion which one is a better fit I think Wiggins uh, Wiggins better fit. Wiggins, than okay, yeah. <laughs> well, because he can shoot the three. That's why he's a better fit. He can shoot the three. Yeah. He's a better player. I mean, he's just a he's just a better player. Uh, Ubre definitely has nights where he looks like a better player. But this is how I probably see the Ubre thing going. Let's say he decides to go elsewhere in free agency if if they can't come to to a meeting point on role, minutes, money, all that. They'll probably pitch a second rounder, Gordon Hayward style, Boston, get a trade exception. Let's say he signs for seventeen million somewhere. They have a seventeen million dollar trade exception, and maybe they go into the season and see where it goes and what they need. And uh, that's not an invaluable piece. Now, it's also something that front offices love to sell to fan bases, but sometimes it's used. The Warriors did. That's how use, they got them. Yeah, that's how they got yes, over. That's it is, and it extends the life of it. Now it's like a softer extension of it. It's not an actual player, but you can sign and trade without hard capping yourself if you are not taking the guy in. If you're signing and trading a guy away, you don't hard cap yourself. You have that exception. Boston just used it on Evan Fournier. Now they suddenly have him. So you could see something like that in the next season at the deadline. They maybe they discover look they just don't have enough wing help now that Ubre's gone and and Clay's maybe not back to where he needs to be and and boom they're suddenly players next February next March so if I had to predict I don't know this is not like deeply reported that's just probably where I see this going if I had to pick I think they're gonna see what the draft capital looks like I think it's a big deal if they end up with no picks. <laughs> like I do. Oh, think yeah, yeah. That's a pretty big they're gonna, deal. They're, 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 gonna <laughs> they're gonna keep. They're gonna have their own. Yeah, they're gonna have their own pick. By the way, unless they're winning I mean, the are next you sure? twenty-one. I keep hearing about a run. I keep hearing about a run. Are you sure? I heard they're going on a run. It's about to happen. <laughs> a run to the seventh seed, not a run to a top ten record in the league. <laughs> a run, a run, a run to the uh, five seed. Whoa! I do feel like that. That's gonna matter, uh, just because. If they can get two players, it's like Tim said, if they get two players, you can afford to now let Ubre walk, right? You can you can kind of replace them at that going to have a lot of young, guys unproven like, guys on next season's roster. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. No question. On an, on an important, maybe like the most important season we've seen for the Warriors. Well, obviously, otherwise. What's the guy from Chicago? Patrick, uh, uh, Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you gotta he's, find, you gotta find that yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. He can plug into a, into a playoff guy. rotation. Yeah. He can plug into a ro- playoff rotation. No question. But I also think they get the draft capital. How many do you think if they got the, if they got the two picks and there's offers for Wiseman and the two picks, how many do you think they, they do it now after what they've seen? For what? I, well, who, who, who is it? I mean, I mean, obviously they have to get something good. You know, obviously they have to get something good. Do you feel like that move is more on the table than it would have been like now that we've seen most of the season? I think they'll want to see what Wiseman is by the end of the season. That's what I'm talking about these next few months. Uh, I think they want to see where the pick lands. Let's say the pick is four and they have scouting and they're like, uh, you know, Jalen Green is going to be there and they're in love with them or something like that. Then they'll say, no, we want to keep them. But that's internal conversations. Then you also have to say, who's on the table? Are we talking about... Aaron Gordon is being rerouted from Denver or are we talking about like Bradley Beals on the table or another superstar like it's just I'd have to know who they're being offered for I just think there was a point in the season where they were like Wiseman this is our future this is our this is the guy's gonna carry us for the next five years and now it's like okay maybe this is gonna take a little longer to what yeah no I think you're right on that I think, I, think, right. I think you're right on that you can't even successfully do a COVID test now we're now we're out no I don't think you can I don't think you can trade Wiseman until you've given him a real 
non-bubble pandemic offseason. I just think it's too risky. You just don't know it. I just think you don't know enough. And unfortunately, it seems with, with centers, the responsibilities are such that you might take a hit initially with them as a rookie or even a second-year player. But I don't think now is the time to deal. I do think that they should seriously consider, and they probably already are, trading that Minnesota pick if it happens. And additionally, the other pick they're going to get it does seem like Steph is getting restless. It does seem like they have some timeline alignment issues, and you're going to have to wait even longer, obviously, for the next draft pick. And frankly, I think Jordan Poole really popping allows them at least to say, hey, we have an infusion of talent now. We've got a guy, it seems. It seems that Bob has finally hit on, hit on a draft pick. It's filling a role that we've needed of somebody to spell Steph and compliment Steph going forward so we're not deprived of young talent. We have Wiseman, we have Poole, and now maybe it's time to get the kind of uh, guy who can make us a contender. At least that's how I see it. Bradley Bill, would you do it for Bradley Bill? Well, what's the deal? What's the deal on the table? The two picks, two picks. Two Just picks, two plus picks a, no well, Wiseman? So, uh, I, I wouldn't give all three of those things. I wouldn't. No, it, it, I'd say take two, take two of those three. You can take the Minnesota pick in Wiseman, or you can take the two picks, but not all three. I think it would be Minnesota, it would be Minnesota pick in Wiseman, very likely. You know, and maybe more. And I think and it's, you'd have to match salaries too, so it might have to be uh, two Wiggins picks in Wiggins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It better come with Bradley Beal signing an extension and Bradley Beal committing to you know whatever four, four years instead of a, you know he's on expiring next season. And I assume you know how these trades work is you don't make the trade unless you're sure that the guy's going to be a either a long term fit with the organization or then you later flip Bradley Beal down the road if it doesn't work out. You got to get rid of one of these big salaries. <laughs> I'll do. You have. I'll tell you what them. you probably do after a season of Wiseman in the pick, and you you get Steph Curry in a room and say, "Hey, this is on the table." You know what are your thoughts about this? Steph is win now. That's my call. It's been two seasons for Steph, and you can say the broken wrist, but that season wasn't going to be about anything if the wrist was fully healthy. So this is two seasons of his prime. I don't think he's really in the mood for any kind of rebuild. But don't they need a center? I mean, I'm not saying Wiseman for sure is the guy, but like if you start moving Wiseman, then your center is Kevon Looney. So the young Kevon Looney, yeah, yeah, still yeah, in his mid twenties, Kevon yeah, the Looney, 20, the twenty one year old Kevon Looney. But like you know, I th- that's what I think. They're kind of I don't want to say stuck with James Wiseman, but I'll say it because Pot committed. I know. Like wh- what else are you going to do? So, like he could be your answer at center in a league that is getting bigger. So to move him, you're not getting back a guy like him. You're not. You're just you're not getting back that. You're getting back a guard or a wing. That's not what you're getting. So you'll never get that value back. Now I'm not saying don't trade Wiseman. I'm just saying they're a little stuck there because of that position and because his size and his athleticism at that position. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We even said it when when we were you know less willing to discuss this. We were still saying Bradley Beal makes them a better title contender next season than James Wiseman. Like whatever percentage you want to say. Now suddenly they're twenty percent more likely to win the title. So that matters to Steph Curry. You know you would now have more chance to win next season's NBA title. And as far as the center goes, I mean, I'm in agreement with you. It's very risky to trade Wiseman. Wiseman can emerge into the type of center that you just can't get anywhere. But at the same time, you could do a Bradley Beal trade and then go to the free agent market and go, hey, Serge Ibaka, like, you know, come take a mid-level, chase a title down. You're going to be playing. You love Ibaka. <laughs> He's example number one. He you loves know, Ibaka I mean, can... as much as he hates Looney, who, by the way, averages more assists than Ubre and his 15 minutes a game, random Ethan stat. Strauss averages more assists than, uh, <laughs> than Kelly Uber. We'll go through this again. I think Beal's fantastic, and they would be better with him, especially if you're figuring out that Clay is going to take some time. But if it's Wick, because it's a balanced salaries, it would have to be Wiggins. So it's Wick, you're losing your small forward and your center. Guess who's been available this week? Andre Drummond on a buyout. LaMarcus Aldridge on a buyout. I'm not saying you love this, but I'm just saying they're, they're, they're a stopgap center answer. I mean, we're talking about a team that won titles with JaVale McGee starting at center, with Zaza Pachulia starting at center. I don't... You you guys all know I Shoot, do bring think... Zaza back. What you talking Zaza's about? Zaza's available. There you go. There's available. a center right there. Man, you guys act like... You guys act like Alan Smilagich isn't just sitting there oh. waiting, <laughs> waiting for that meniscus to heal so we can dominate. All I'm saying yeah, is, like, I, way, I, I think that <laughs> you could patch together a center rotation if needed. I, But I certainly am not a, a, among the camp thing and, like, trade. Slater's like, yo, sure. just throw in Emeka Okafor with <laughs> with Bradley Beal. We good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, who, like who, who is their senior, by the way? Washington center? Kevin Serafin. Yeah, who's their center? I don't even know who they got at center anymore. <laughs> they have Thomas Bryant, but he tore his ACL. They have Robin Lopez. There's, there a, there's a vet there name right there. There you there. go, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just think that, yeah, like, you could have you played Zaza Pachulia. I said a Mecca get, over for, like, this dude ain't even in the league. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I thought like, that was a joke. No, it was, but that's how I went way to, like, 2012 looking for, you know, uh, a wizard center in my head. I couldn't think of a wizard center. Oh, I should have said Gortat. Where's Gortat? Oh, good old Gortat. Polish hammer. <laughs> a KD favorite, by the way. A KD favorite. I think you Marcel. could go with a with a Zaza Pachulia, whatever, JaVale McGee, when you have Kevin Durant and Draymond Green in their primes. And I, I just don't think you can get away with that anymore when you're playing Jokic and you're playing all those other guys in the West. I, I just don't think you're. that's where they are. Or it's got to be a guy, you know, like Porzingis, who can shoot the three and do a lot of multiple things. I just don't think you throw a guy out there with this roster. Well, Looney is a guy, and sometimes they play well with him. He is a defensive specialist, but I don't think that's a winning center. I think you got you're, you got a chance to have a, a winning center. You have a chance at it. I don't know what the percentage of it is. It's probably not 70%. 
but you got a chance at it, and it's, it's going to be awfully tough for me to say I'm going to move off of that for a wing uh, when this guy could be the, you know, he could be a center that Gobert is like, okay, I got to really ratchet it up. He could be a guy that, you know, Jokic is, has some tough moments with. I, I think I want to hold on that guy unless I'm totally, totally blown away by a trade offer. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. What, what are they getting? Ethan, your response to the Kevin Looney Shay that he's not a winning player, go. I mean, they've been killing Looney for years. It's no, it's no different. There's nothing. <laughs> he's had a here. nice stretch. I will say he's had a nice stretch of games. You know, it's like uh, it, again, you want to look at. Uh, you can take a look at the on-off numbers. You can take a look at what he's done in playoff series. I think that Looney is a nice supplemental figure for this team, plus a guy who adds veteran leadership, especially because he looks ten years older than he is. It really gives him a lot of gravitas when communicating with the younger the younger players. And so uh, he's just one of these guys. He should be like Udonis Haslam. He should always be on the roster, but maybe not necessarily uh, given a prominent role on the uh, the back half of his career. 25-year-old Kavon Looney is now Udonis Haslam. Future Udonis. Future now 35-year-old Udonis Haslam, right? I'll give you a comparison from uh, one of my previous professional lives. He's Nick Collison. Oh, yeah. For the Thunder. There you go. Pretty good comp. He's good to have. He's your backup center. I think you're fine if you need to plug him in as a starter for 10 games at a time. They've obviously done that before. It's not bad. Uh, There's a reason why he stayed and all these other guys they've had have all gone. He serves a really good purpose and he's good for the locker room. But man, you are not going to say uh, this is a championship roster if Kevon Looney is playing 35 minutes a game. I, I just unless you've got Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. If Looney's playing 35 minutes a game, that's a medical miracle. <laughs> I mean, if you're capable of that, you're capable of winning two championships in one season. I mean, that's that's incredible. You need another center. You need another center. I like Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel is a free agent. They go get him. They be pick fine. and roll. Pick and roller. He can. He's a pick and roll guy. Can we talk a little bit about the style they're playing? Because it's not just pick and roll. I don't know how I feel about it. Maybe this is the way to use Looney. I know they think about it a lot, but it's not not Looney. I mean, Wiseman. It's not just pick and roll. He's also off the ball around the perimeter with his back to the basket, constantly hunting for an off-ball screen. And I don't know. I don't know if that's the way I, I, I want to use a big man. I know that's how their offense has gone. It just seems like it's a great opportunity to pick up a lot of offensive fouls because he's setting so many more screens than the average big man. and Unnecessary screens, too. Like, he's just being told, like, screen, just screen at all times. Go, move. You got to move. Screen. Yeah, I agree with you. Put him in the dunker spot exactly. and tell him to attack the glass. Tell him to attack the offensive glass. Yes. Now here's the problem. Yeah. If you put him in a dunker spot, which we've talked about, I think, before, then they just say, oh, you know what? Let's just post him up since he's down there. And then <laughs> he gets the ball in the post up. It is not that good. I think they're trying to take him out of that spot. I see. I understand what you're saying. This is like Billy Bean trading the player so the manager can't use yes. him kind of situation. It's like, don't go there because they might throw it to you there. And we don't want that if you're not going to have one step and dunk. That, that's what we don't want. But, hey, they do it with Looney, too, right? They, they throw it down to Looney in the post all the time, and I always am quizzical about that. He rebounded better last night, and that matters. That's, oh, that's, that's hugely again, more, important. More I think it's the early buckets, man. I think you're right. It's the early buckets. I think that matters. I think that's a big deal for him to get some confidence early. You know what I'm saying? Like, And then you got Steph doing, like, uh, uh, and one ball mixtape dimes to him. Oh, like, that like, that alley oop attempt! That alley oop attempt! That would have been insane. Lefty, lefty no look over the rim, around <laughs> the back. Yeah, that was, 
I was like, that I was thinking, like, where yeah. did where did the ball come from? Did somebody hit it? No, it was Steph throwing it. It was it was unbelievable. It's, hey, as as we're being rabble rousing, uh, or maybe I'm being a rabble rousing Schiller over here. I, I mean it in well, jest. Schiller, we would, what? Lo- what? We would love no, but I just noticed something. It was a little bit interesting to me because there, there's always all we write these articles about Draymond as a mentor, and he obviously does want to mentor and direct. But I did notice in the game last night that at one point. Wiseman got scored on, and then Draymond yells, come on, and kind of claps and yells at him. And I think he was trying to encourage him to get the possession started after the make. And Wiseman went and Wiseman went slower, <laughs> as far as I could see. And I just, it was it was just kind of interesting to me. I think there are these players where they've got wisdom beyond their years, and they're right. But uh, Chris Paul might be another example, but it does seem like sometimes guys go, okay, you might be right, but I, I just don't, I don't want it anymore. And so that was another observation from the last game that was interesting to me. I do that to you, Ethan, all the time. Come on, Ethan, come on, come oh, on. God, I'll, Ethan t- I'll turn slower. it in. Ethan I'll turn slower. it in tomorrow. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Steve put Jordan Poole at point for stretches last night. I think it was C.J. Peterson who asked him about it, and he said Bazemore was playing well. He didn't want to take him out. What did we think of point Poole uh, instead of Nico? Um, last night is this the Steph Saver position or is the Steph Saver position going to be somebody wrote that Nico somebody did I think that pool you can hide him a little bit better defensively when he's the point because you know base well no like Bazemore's just a better defender than Nico Mannion right you just have another defensive disruptor out there instead of a Nico Mannion and a Jordan Poole defending in the same lineup and Nico Mannion is just like I get the idea of developing him I think we've seen some flashes he had five threes in a game recently and if he's shooting he does bring some stuff to the table but at the same time like name your potential rotation player right now and he's better nightly than Nico Mannion I'm talking about Kent Bazemore I'm talking about GATA who has you know he's played well when he's been given a chance lately but also is basically getting DNPs at times and Poole can be the point guard on that second unit Kerr at least showed some flexibility last night and and you know I think he'll pick and choose I think he's going to try to get Mannion minutes but he showed that he doesn't have to have Mannion out there with Poole which is I think a good sign it's a tough defensive backcourt Mannion and Poole it, it is and I, I wrote about him whatever but that's a tough defensive twosome because you're going to get you know both of them can't be sloughed off on on a non-offensive player uh, and they have been taken advantage of if you put Bazemore in there it's, you know, you, you don't have an ideal point guard, and sometimes Bazemore is a point guard, which I know it is, is a little erratic out there for everybody to watch. But I do I think it's a more athletic group, and I don't know if you want to do it all the time, but I, 
I think we all were looking for Kerr to do that because if you, it develops Pool as a point guard too. And I think if he's going to have a great role in this team, he's going to have to play some point guard minutes and maybe even be the point guard with Steph off the ball sometimes, maybe. That's the value for him. You know, It's not just play that second unit. It's like fill in a lot of different roles while you're scoring 20 a game. That is a very valuable resource for the Warriors. I think it's Tim, a I can't believe you're not on the Nico bandwagon. <laughs> I don't understand this, Tim. Like, come on. I was for the purposes of that story. I was for the purposes of that story. And then, I, you know, defensively, it's a little bit tough to watch sometimes. Yeah, the man wagon. Yeah, I think Nico, it's a good development going with Pula's point guard. He is a playmaker. I'm I'm very excited to see what he's going to do. It's unfortunate for Mannion, but maybe Mannion just needs to have a pool-like trajectory, right? Where send him down, have him do some G League games next season. Because he's, he's not a corpse. Like, he showed us some things, but there are holes in his game and maybe the shot needs to be a little crisper and maybe he needs to get a little bit better at the rim and maybe he needs to be a little he bit chucks better. a little too much you know i thought he was more pure point than he's been more, kind of like a scoring guard yo he be chucking i'm like yo nico calm down <laughs> you supposed to be running the office bro <laughs> and he needs to be a little better at getting his defender into the screen is another thing that i've i've seen when he's been playing and I'm not out on him, but it just seems like the fit right now is Poole as the backup, and that still provides an opportunity for Mannion to develop and play in the way that Poole did. So it's not it's not a death sentence, but that just seems to be how it has to be. I feel like Nico sometimes forget he's five eleven. He'd be driving. He'd be driving in the paint. He has trouble finishing, which I think makes him chuck more because he can't. You know, if you don't go in the paint, what are you gonna do? Stand outside? Then okay, I'm gonna fire it you know up. Know why there. he's got trouble finishing? Because he's trying to do these basic layups against NBA centers. <laughs> like, like, come on, dude, you're not six four. Calm down. Like, I think Pool looks great, even in an off game. I just think he. That's he's the, very smooth. He's very smooth. There, there, there is a purpose. I'd to run him at point doing. just nonstop. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm watching Justin Fields throw the ball in this Ohio State Pro Day, so I'm a little distracted. Tim, uh, when are you going to just tap out of the Warrior season? <laughs> Kyle Shanahan isn't watching, so it doesn't count. Uh, he's he's, flying, on, he's, flying, to he's yet. flying to Columbus tomorrow. I, yeah, I, yeah I that's just, what I'm saying. you got to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to say, I might have a podcast interview with a certain Warriors uh, important figure coming up later today. I'm going to ask him what he thinks he's learned from this season. But I thought, well, let's talk about what, what, what have the Warriors really learned about this season, from this season? I thought you were going to say you asked him who the Niners should take at three. Well, no, that, that might come up, too, if no one yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I've noticed that it, these, these guys of the Warriors, especially front office, they love talking Niners with Tim. That's a memory I have from when we were in buildings together. It is, it is constant. It is constant. I think it's that they need another power forward. That's what I like, Practical, they need another dynamic forward. They, they don't have one behind Draymond. And when Draymond isn't playing well, they don't have one, period. And the NBA is kind of built on really good power forwards sometimes. And they got nothing. They're back, who's, who's their, who are they currently playing at back of power forward right now? This is what's hurt them with Eric Pascal this season, whose development has kind of stalled. That's who they thought it was going to be, right? I mean, we're talking about all-rookie first-teamer last year. We're talking about the guy for the first 10 home games of the season did look like that guy. Remember what he did in that first homestand? Like, that's who you're talking about, right? This just, like, high-energy burst, you know, 14 points in 17 minutes type guy off the bench, and then he just drifted away, and now he's out of the rotation. They're going to find out the rest of the season if, if Eric Pascal 
can get back to that, but I think they probably might come to the realization they might need to find I that I think elsewhere. they are very close to that realization, Slater. I think they are very, very close to that realization. Anybody else? What the practical thing that the Warriors have learned about themselves this season? They uh, learned good. that they didn't miss <laughs> on the pool draft, yes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> they yeah, don't take that. Don't got, take that one. Yeah. I think that's a pretty big deal. Uh, Ethan's been saying we might be uh, underplaying it or understating it. I think that's a huge deal. Like they've got a bankable commodity moving forward, and you know what? It's it's, it's got to help them in the next draft, right? It's it's got to feel good knowing you didn't miss on your last four. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, we got one. They're shooting these free throws with confidence now. They feel good about it. They got one make. So, <laughs> is it workable if Clay's not back for the first month? Let's just say Clay isn't back, even playing. Jordan Poole starting two guard is that a winnable situation? Mm, not in the playoffs, maybe. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you know, if they do that, are they a decent team while they wait for Clay to come back? Yeah, I think I they mean, could it be. doesn't matter. Steve ain't going to do it. He's going to play 10 days more because he, he needs somebody to play defense. So the, Steve's going to take defense all, every time. As long as in those games, Poole is getting 30 minutes, you know, he can come off the bench and still get 25 minutes. And Bazemore starts and maybe comes back in the rest of the half, maybe doesn't. Well, that's a huge thing to say. I mean, going to market like that, you can just say that. Like, oh, we'll play pool 25, 30 minutes. That, that's a huge thing. No question. No question. The other thing they learned is Juan Toscano-Anderson is, is a future role player. Let's go. Even though Steve won't play him, you got to know that that's, that guy's on your team next year. You got to know that. Not Smiley Jeech, it's Juan Toscano-Anderson. <laughs> I'm with it. No, JTA fits this team. He fits this team. He, oh, yeah, I said, he's, he fits this team better than Pascal does. Just because of the versatility, just because of the ability to defend a lot of positions, maybe hit the three, sometimes he doesn't, but he fits this team. He's a good ninth, 10th, 11th man, no question about it. As I said, on a team that doesn't have many tall forwards, they just don't. They need somebody in there, and he's one of them. He's guaranteed energy, even if you haven't played him four straight games. You plug him in in the middle of his fifth straight game where he thought he was getting a DMP. He didn't even know he's going in the game. Okay, I'm in. I'm energy, number one. And two, he just doesn't chuck. You know, Eric Pascal's out for his offense. Nico Mannion, out for his offense. A lot of these guys that come off the bench are like, I'm in. Uh, I, this is my time to prove it. Uh, you know, Nico Mannion's like, I need to make, you know, make my way in the NBA. I got to score. I got to score. JTA, he will shoot an open three, and he's got better at making the open three, but he comes on the court going, I need to make a hustle play to make my I'm mark. surprised he doesn't play more. It's so weird to me. He's shooting 43.8% from three. Like, he's 21 for 48. And I mean, it's he's not like not he was that bad last year. Shooter. He was 8 for 23. Like, he was 30. That's 35%. Like, he's a career 40% shooter from three. Yeah, like. Okay, yeah, you know. I think it's like Slater said, it's not like he's going to say, I'm a 40% three-point shooter. Let me take six of them. Like, no, he's going to take, they're going to all be good threes, good threes you want him to take. I think that, yeah, it's weird that he doesn't play more. Um, I, I think, I'm thinking Steve knows, all right, I know what this guy can do. I got this guy in the tuck, right? We know what we got for Juan. He's there. That's what I'm, I'm assuming they thought. I, I think they didn't even put him in the... Hispanic Heritage Night promotions because they don't want anybody. It's the new Smilogy's plan where they're trying to sneak them by everybody. And it's like, don't nobody nobody offer JTA nothing. This is my guy in the tuck. That's, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I'm surprised. There's got to be a reason for it because it, and they know more on the scene and usually more around them. It's a little easier to, to ask. And they go, well, here's, here's why this guy doesn't play. 
uh, because fans often think, oh, they're they're idiots. They should be doing this or that. So I know they have the reason for it, but it is a little bit strange considering even if you think it's going to come back down to earth, a lot of the shooting percentages, he's just been so efficient and high effort and a willing passer and a good rebounder. And it just seems like he's he's giving them a lot of things that they're lacking right now. So it's been curious just like Damian Lee's frequent absences in the rotation are, are curious. This one's been curious as well. That's the thing. It's like, who who does he play over? And the reality is right now that would be Damian Lee. Damian Lee has forced his way back into the rotation. And if you were taking anybody out, that's probably the spot you'd put JTA. You can say for Mannion, but we saw it last night. Mannion was pulled from the rotation. It's just more Kent Bazemore because Kent Bazemore is having a good game. Really, who JTA typically replaces is, does Draymond sit a game? Okay, he's replacing Draymond. Or... Are the centers out? You know, when has he played this season? He's like a utility utility player. He's kind of a big. He's kind of a utility big. And the problem is right now. Treat him like a big, yep. Yeah, they've got to play Wiseman. Like, that's undisputed. And they like to play Looney. And, uh, you know, I've gotten into these Looney DMPs. But Looney's been really steady for them lately. The last, like, five, six, seven games or so. And, you know, if they don't need an extra big right now, he kind of is out of the rotation. Um, Which, you know. They, they're not going small. To me, JTA is a guy they like to have on the court when they're going small. And they're just not going small right now. Slade, did you say Looney DMP? That one no, I didn't say he should, but I'm saying <laughs> that's, that's that's a guy JTA would replace. You know, he replaces centers, really, or Draymond. Centers or Draymond is usually who he's in for. I would agree with that. I would agree. But he's got a role on this team. There's no question about that. Whatever. It might be smaller than you think. It might be just right. But he's got a role on this team. And if he could ever really make you think he's going to be a 38% three-point shooter if you could really make you feel this is that guy then he's going to be in some part of the rotation i don't have a doubt about that i just don't think that's for sure anybody's feeling that that's over a full season he's going to shoot 38 percent from three maybe he's going to be 42 i don't know but i i don't feel it he does turn down the three sometimes uh, and i think that makes you feel like okay this might not be actually what he is as a three-point shooter it does feel like when they go in they rattle in i mean that's just an observation (laughs) It's like you're not feeling good about it the whole time. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I like him. I do think he could have a role this in the team. This is just hate. This is just hate. <laughs> Come on. He's, he's, he's earning it. He's we, earning we, it. We, we agree with you. We they agree rattle with you. it. We're, we're, we're comfortable. They rattle it. Come I'm, on. I'm com- That's because he's tough. Ain't no soft I, jumpers. He, he's one of the reasons why I would be comfortable. Physical threes. You know, comfortable with Ubre maybe not being in the situation and you get it uh you, you've got the the, the spackle of <laughs> the, the sweet sweet spackle that is Toscano Anderson so yeah I, no I think you're right Basically, Ethan's saying he's, he clanks I mean, yes. in his shots his, his shots clank in they don't, they're not pretty shots <laughs> No, nah, they just bully in the rim. Like, watch out! I'm taking this space. That's what that's what the threes are doing when they rattle in. Like, I'm deboing. Uh, bully in the rim. Yeah, that, that that is man. I I really do miss like this stuff. Like being able to ask these type of questions on the side. It's not that far away, Mister Thompson. We might be talking by uh, next uh, regular season. Summer league even. Oh, I thought you were gonna say April. I thought you were gonna say April. No, I'm not ready to go there. I think we will be I think we will be joined in the building by about maybe let's say two thousand, three thousand people in April, but I don't think we're gonna be on event level in locker room. Is is Ray Ritter gonna be able to throw his uh draft uh meal party? Probably because it'll be like spaced out, but I just like getting in locker rooms, that is a no, no way, no, that's not happening. Nothing happening. Sounds like a show to me. Uh we will Catch you next week. The Warriors will be on 
a road trip. We will know better if this run Steve Kerr is promising actually happens. And we'll be here to talk about it. For Tim Kawakami, Ethan Strauss, and superstar Anthony Slater, deuces.